Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening everyone, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast, it is Mick once again with another stat show and I'm joined as usual by Opta's Mike Reid. Mike, how are you doing lad? Hey Mick, not, not too bad mate, I'm feeling better after Liverpool's recent form, that's for sure, but uh, yeah, plugging <laughs> away. Yeah, it's always nice when Liverpool just put on, just putting some results together. I think it's probably came a little bit. It would have been lovely if this happened last month and we could yeah, have yeah. put a bit of a purple patch together to uh, have a proper run up for top four. But yeah. I mean, either either way, it's good that Liverpool are winning games, and totally. I just thought we'd get straight stuck into like what we what we were going to talk about in terms of like Liverpool winning games, like we've just been saying, and doing it three in a row, um, which is. Which is always nice. Uh, and just before we started recording, we were talking about like previous amount of games where Liverpool have, have won in a row, and it's just it's just it's a mind blowing. Like in in the mm. past, it seems like a long time ago, but it's, it's but it's not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sort of contextualizes how you know great Liverpool have been in recent seasons and why it's maybe made this season not so great in terms of you know for other seasons this would be fine for other clubs this would be fine but um like last season between sort of january and april liverpool won 10 in a row uh, in the premier league when sort of trying to chase down man city when they won the league 2019 20 they had a run of 18 wins in a row which is a joint record in top flight history and before that, so the game before that run was a draw against Man United, and before that they'd won seventeen in a row. So Liverpool had had a run of thirty-five wins in thirty-six Premier League games at one point. Which when you now we're now talking about three in a row has been a good run. It's sort of you think oh, we've fallen a bit here from from where we were, but um, yeah, I mean Klopp said uh, that he he admits that three wins in a row isn't enough and you know you need more um you know it's why Liverpool almost certainly not going to get top four now because it's only the second time Liverpool actually won three in a row all, all season the last time was sort of separated by the World Cup a couple in November a couple in December the Spurs Southampton Villa Leicester games so yeah it's you, if you if you're only doing two runs of three or more wins you're not you're not going to compete for the top four right? it's not good enough yeah, and I think like like you said uh, when you messaged me saying like what the previous time was, I d- I couldn't remember it because there was a World Cup sandwiched in between, yeah, yeah. so it didn't really feel like a proper three in a row. This feels like a proper three in a row because it's yeah. consecutively with no uh, massive breaks. But like like Klopp said today, like three uh, 
in context, is very good for Liverpool, considering what <laughs> shit we've been this season and yeah. the away form or whatever else. It's been a lot better yeah. recently, but it needs to be a lot better. I think the results last night with uh, Newcastle absolutely battering Everton, that's kind yeah. of secured them. I think I'm just always optimistic when when Son got that goal for Spurs. I was like, ah, oh, we've got a we've got a glimmer. We've got like 0.5 percent, but yeah. I'm, I'm just setting myself up for failure, aren't I? Because they need to. I mean, they'll need. To, I think they play Villa next. They need to lose a couple of games, and we need to be perfect, which probably isn't going to happen, is it? Yeah, I mean, it would require. I think Liverpool winning every game remaining. Um, which, yeah, if if we're only talking about being impressed with three wins in a row, well, if we won every <laughs> game remaining, it it'd be nine. So it's a run that Liverpool just haven't looked like going on all season. I think I think the key is to just sort of try and get a good run of performances and form that makes us more optimistic for next season. I think that that would be the hope now between now and then. Whether, whether they end in Conference League or Europa League, that is up to the sort of football gods. It depends how Tottenham do. It depends how Villa do, how Brighton do, um, where, where Liverpool finish in those, those places. I think if Liverpool do manage to win sort of five of the last six, they'd probably definitely get Europa League rather than Conference League. I'd be very surprised if that then didn't happen. Um but yeah, he, again, that's a tough run to get five wins out of six. So yeah, it's just about you know let's 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 build a bit of optimism for next season and then and then and then go again. Yeah, I think that's all we can all we do, all we can do. But it's nice to see Liverpool put on run the results together. And we were mentioning like um, like coming from behind to win uh, games, which like what obviously against West Ham it happened. And in previous months, it's kind of been like if Liverpool concede the first goal we're fucked basically in terms of coming back into the game but we showed a little bit of mental toughness and in, in actually replying within six minutes and then getting the i mean west ham had a, had a few chances to score one var ruled out then we get the goal and we get the win and we we show a little bit of like you said optimism is on character and klopp keeps mentioning like the counter press in his press conferences and stuff like that and it's nice to see Liverpool. Doing that as well, another thing that you can add to the list of it's nice to see Liverpool doing it's coming from behind and showing a bit of a bit of character. And we were talking about like the last time, last time we did it, and it's it's it was a, it was a year ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, May twenty twenty two away at Southampton, lots of penultimate game of last season was the last time Liverpool won an away game in the Premier League where they'd, they'd gone one 0 down, um, which is. You know, the amount of times Liverpool have gone one nil down away from home this season, they've had plenty of chances to try and come back and <laughs> never quite done it. But uh, yes, I think it's a good sign um, because you know, I think three or four months ago Liverpool would have lost when going one nil down that West Ham game. They would have just sort of given in at that stage. Where and whereas now there is that 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 toughness, and even the Forest game, I know they didn't go behind, but conceding two equalizers mentally is not easy. And I, I think, again, a couple of months ago, Liverpool would have drawn, maybe even lost that game because it would have just been, you know, mentally a, a sort of stumbling block for them. Um, and it's good to see as well. I think a big part of that is the set pieces because the three goals against Forest were set pieces. The winner against West Ham was a set piece. And I always think when you're struggling in open play, if you can do well from set plays, it can don't have to get you out of jail sometimes in terms of... Uh, getting back into games or, or, or finding a way of breaking down the team that's just sat two banks of four against you and saying, right, come break us down. If you set piece just nullifies that, it doesn't matter how many players they have in the box if you get a good delivery. So it's been good. Like in, in January and February, Liverpool didn't score from a set piece in the Premier League. 
And that sort of thing makes a massive, massive difference when you, when you're actually trying to chase games down. Because if if you if you don't think you're going to score from a set play either, and you're not scoring from open play, well, that's why you end up not being able to come from behind because you just don't have ways of counteracting teams sitting deep against you. Yeah, I think when you've got when you've got Van Dijk and either Canate or Matip, six four, six five defenders yeah. coming up for every corner set piece. You you need to we need to be better and it's nice yeah. to see that we are we are being better at that and I think like we, like we said the the form and stuff's coinciding with like having a settled a settled team like it, it would have been it would have been four games in a row if it wasn't for the the Canate injury for mm-hmm. um, for Matip to come in but then in a weird way that even works out for us because then Joel Matip goes and um, scores the winner uh, a bullet header which was which was which was nice yeah, to see as well. Um, but that that's kind of why we, Liverpool are starting to do well. I mean, we were talking about like Liverpool of of all like last year and whatever else, and not having a not playing um, two games and more than two games in a row with the with the same team because of the amount mm. of games that are playing, because mm. of the amount of energy and confidence in the squad. But I think in this moment in time, it's good to have a settled team just to kind of breed that confidence and breed the um, try and get some of the energy back and confidence yeah, back. Yeah. As well. Bit of rhythm in the players as well. You look at players that haven't, like Curtis Jones, for example, he's benefited from it massively because he just barely started um, in the Premier League all season. Now he's gone and made five starts in a row. Um, and like you said, last season, Liverpool only named an unchanged lineup in all competitions twice in the whole of the season. Obviously, that was because of the r- ridiculous schedule in terms of getting to every final and playing every three, four days for basically the whole season. Whereas this season, you know, been knocked out of cups a bit earlier. So they've, they've had maybe more time and that's enabled them to do that now to name this settled team. But even like the substitutes Liverpool were making, bringing on Diaz, who's back now, bringing on Thiago, Nunez, you know, two months ago, Liverpool did not have those kind of substitutes. That It was just, you were, you, do you remember when Oxlade-Chamberlain was sort of playing left wing? And that's this is no slight on Oxlade-Chamberlain, but he wouldn't want to play there. He, he would say, I'm a midfielder, I want to be playing midfielder. It just showed how few options Liverpool had. I think Harvey Elliott played left wing for quite a while. That was how many sort of attack injuries Liverpool had. Whereas now, you know, there's basically everyone bar Firmino is is there up front. So um he's been able to make those changes and and that's 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 why the forms returned to what it was. Um because um of being able to make substitutes as well as having a settled starting eleven. He can then bring players on to change the game and make sure that the momentum is not lost if uh, if a team goes one and up like West Ham did or Forest come back into the game. He's got ways of changing it, and I think that makes a big, big difference. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's helped like Trent as well, like having a settled team and him trying out this like new hybrid role where he where he comes inside totally. quite a lot and gets on the play, uh, gets on the ball, I should say. Um, that's helped him because he knows exactly who's around and players know where they should be. He can pick out the passes that we know he know he can and, and some of the stats for, for Trent recently have been pretty impressive as well, haven't they? Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely right because um, he's sort of struggling for assists this season and then now he's gone and got five in his last four games for Liverpool playing and those four games have been in that new role where he's sort of tucked into the midfield alongside Fabinho. So you can't argue with those results. Like he's been incredibly creative in terms of creating goals it's weird because like his chance created numbers have always been sort of steadily high all season he's never sort of changed with that but, but earlier on in the season the strikers weren't finishing the chances he was creating and maybe it made it, him look like he wasn't as effective as as going forward as you thought 
now suddenly the strikers are finishing the chances he's creating and wow he looks amazing again um so it's funny how the perceptions of a player are sort of changed by what his teammates are doing like he's providing the chances if his teammates score them he looks great and if they miss them he sort of gets ignored a bit but yeah five assists in his last four his previous five assists have come over his last 52 before then which is mad when you when you think is is ratio there five in 52 for trent is mad and now five in four it's just like it's gone the other way it's just an amazing upturn yeah, and like you said, it is it is due to people um is 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 teammates scoring those chances as well, which is yeah, yeah. um which is always helpful. But we we know the ability of of Trent and um yeah some of the I think even I think even the West Ham one, it wasn't the most elaborate or um amazing assist. But I just yeah, feel yeah. like him in that position, picking up that little pocket and then firing the ball into Gapo knowing full well that he can turn and he has got the pace to get away and he has got yeah. an amazing shot on him. Yeah. I think it's little things like that as you as players start to click together, you can find, you know, when you can pass some, to someone into space and let them go yeah. on to do something amazing. And that's kind of what happened for the West Ham one, weren't it? I think I think he will know now he can he can look forward and if Gakpo's come drop deep a bit, he can fizz a ball into his feet and rely on him to probably nine times out of ten control it well and maybe even get a turn and shot away or find a teammate. And worst worst case scenario, he just plays it back to him. So I think he can trust him to get that first touch right, just play a nice fizzed pass into him. So yeah, it's it's building that um sort of rapport between the players and understanding of the players, like how does Gakpo like to receive the ball, how how does Trent like to get into a position to be able to play that through ball because ultimately that's kind of pass it was it wasn't that long a pass like you say it was only sort of 10 yards or so but it still gets through that that West Ham line you've got Rice and Pakatar and Suchek are in that midfield and he still sort of broke the line there with that pass even if it was only a short pass it's just trusting your teammates to to play passes like that and that will only grow with the settled team and and, and the more they play together that will only get better and, and that'll help them next season if they've got more of an understanding. So yeah, I agree with you, Mick. I think that's that's a really good sign. Yeah, it is. It's nice that um yeah, I think just I've mentioned before, like just it just feels like he's got a new lease of life, a new confidence. It's just I don't know. I don't know if he was getting a bit like couldn't be asked playing right back anymore because he's he's yeah. been get he gets stick all the time and he's coming up against wingers and he has he's not the fastest and whatever else and he always has a tough time. Canate yeah. has to bail him out and stuff, but in this new position, he can he can kind of dictate play, which he was doing anyway. But maybe in a position where I don't know, I th- I think people were maybe thinking he wouldn't get as much time, but I feel like he's getting more time because he he can pick those. You can pick his position. You yeah. can go over a bit more left. You can go a little bit central. You can pick the positions. He's not confined to that like right hand zone of the pitch, if you like, where he, he has to be in in that zone somewhere. He can kind of go where he wants as long as he gets back over when we're in a defensive mm. formation. That's kind uh, of the key, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's touching, getting more touches of the ball a lot, a lot more than he was. So, so that in terms of just getting on the ball more. Um, yeah, I mean, we did the show last week and we talked about the Leeds game where he did 124 successful passes, which is his most in a Premier League game. And and he was in the top three Liverpool players for touches against West Ham as well. So he was getting really well involved in the in the West Ham game. Uh, certainly in the first half, he was actually top of touches. Second half, maybe a bit quieter. Um, but but even even so, you know, he's getting, getting the ball more. Um, I think you've got to look. He, he gets so much scrutiny on his defensive 
abilities or 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 whatever you want to to phrase it and and obviously with him Southgate maybe not picking him for England always puts a scrutiny on him defensively but I think you've got to look at it from his perspective in that if he's been asked to play a certain way by Klopp and Linders and the coaches to push high up the pitch or to, to take up this sort of position if he then looks back and sees that he's not being covered whether it's by Fabinho or Henderson or maybe even Salah's not dropped dropped where he should be or Canate's not managed to pull across or whatever it, it may be it's not his fault that you know he's in the position Klopp's told him to be in and if, if whoever's supposed to be covering him hasn't covered him he gets the stick for not being there. It just it just doesn't make sense to me that and and how many times do you see you know teams sort of put a cross in from the right hand side their right hand side it goes over to the back post and Trent is stood there marking maybe one or two or even three players on his own and and people go oh well he didn't deal with it well yeah because he had three players on him he couldn't deal with it there's no no defender would have dealt with it and it's just this weird the sort of perceptions of Trent defensively just don't context give context to any of that in terms of what's he been asked to do what's his role on the team is he getting any help from teammates and yeah so so from his perspective you can imagine it was ridiculously frustrating if he if he was on social media and scrolling through twitter after a match day when Liverpool had lost it can't be good for his mental health just scrolling through and looking seeing the batterings he was taking not just from fans but media as well and you look at the, the way some some sort of journalists and, and media talk about him and so brutal about him defensively, but they'd never say these things about a Reese James or a Kyle Walker when they have a bad bad game defensively. Do you know what I mean? It's just this weird, weird thing, obsession that the media and the fans sort of seem to have with him. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, I think it's because Klopp's mentioned before. Like he's a he's a right back, but rarely he's like a, in that role he was playing. Um, he was a, he's basically a right winger, and everyone else had to kind of cover for him. But because yeah. he's because he's on the team sheet as a right back, everyone's yeah. like, well. He's not a good defender. He's not good at this. He's not good at this. And everyone's telling us what he's not good at. It's like, well, if Klopp doesn't care and he wants to get him in the team as wherever he can, yeah. then we need to f- figure out the best way to get the best out of him. And I think this is why we've we've kind of come to the conclusion of of doing this, maybe like hybrid mm. kind of role for him because it gets the best out of him. And there's not a much as much scrutiny on him in terms of his defense defensive ability and stuff. Mm. But I mean, he he can improve on all those things, but. It depends where Klopp sees um, maybe his future um, lion. If, is he going to be like a yeah. fully blown central midfielder? Is he going to be a right back who continues to do this? And then we get, a, I don't know, another right centre midfielder, which we were talking about last time as well. It, dep- it depends which way Klopp wants to, yeah. to go with it. But it's nice to see Trent with a smile on his face and, and stuff like that. And we were, you sent me over like the, the list of um, um, assists it's the assist table for the Premier League era for Liverpool, and he's he, he's fifth in that, only one behind uh, Mo Salah, and yeah, yeah, best minutes to assist ratio as well. It's pretty good. Yeah, so he has sixty-eight assists in all comps for Liverpool. So the only players with with more than that in the Premier League era are Gerard, one hundred and forty-four, which is 
absolutely mad. Steve McManaman got 74. He got actually a, bit, a few more because McManaman played a bit before the Premier League era, but uh, we've just gone Premier League era just for ease of, you know, recording assists further back is not the easiest. Firmino got 71, Salah 69, and then you have uh, Trent on 68. But yeah, the minutes per assist of all the top 10, I sent you the top 10 list, Trent's is 322 minutes per assist. And that's the best of any of, of these players. Better than Gerard, better than McManaman, better than Firmino, better than Salah, better than Robertson, better than Coutinho, all of these sorts of players in that list. So even and that's despite the fact, you know, he went that run of 52 games where he only got five assists. He actually had 27 in a row without an assist at one point, which was his longest run in that period. Um, but he's still the, the best of those players for, for minutes per assist. So he is possibly in terms of his 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 all-round creativity i mean this gerard will maybe argue with this he's possibly the most creative player liverpool have had in the premier league era um and it's between him and gerard that's for sure and there's certainly the two best passers of football liverpool have had it in that time but trent alexander Arnold is up there and, and and the numbers sort of bear that out 68 assists from right back in 267 games is you know it's mind-blowing he's sort of changed the way people see the fullback role hasn't he he has. And I, I think I saw an interview with him and he was, someone asked him, it was like, um, who's a better passer, you or Gerard? And he can't, I can't remember when it was, it might have been last year sometime. And he was like, I'm not sure actually, I think we're different. And at the time yeah, I was thinking, if you're like a scouser, you came through the ranks, you're Gerard, you're idle. Yeah. You would, you would just say Gerard's easy because <laughs> he's so good, you know, because he's got, he's got this stature in the game and he's like a legend and stuff. But he just was like, nah, similar but a bit different. And I thought that's like a, obviously, major, massive confidence in himself. But over the years, we've seen, like you said, in terms of ratio of minutes to assist, and he's, he's got the best out of the top 10. I think Gerard just, wasn't helped by some of the teammates he had. Obviously, he had a brief period with sort of Torres and obviously Suarez. When he was young, he had Fowler, but he was only a young player, Gerard, in, in, when he had sort of Fowler and Owen as teammates. So he wasn't as settled in terms of his, his, well, he wasn't the player that he became in the sort of late uh, 2000s, you know what I mean? That sort of 2006 to 2010 sort of Steven Gerrard, where he was just this all singing, all dancing player. But he had Torres for a bit, but Torres was fairly injury prone. But other than sort of Torres, Suarez, he didn't have that standout forward who you, you he could rely on getting assists for very often, whereas Trent doesn't have that problem. He's had yeah. Salah, <laughs> he's had Mane, you know, Firmino, in terms of certainly his crosses, Firmino's got a great record in the air. Jota's got a great record in the air. So, Alexander Ronald's always had plenty of players to assist from set pieces. He's had Van Dyke and Matic. Van Dyke scored quite a lot of goals for Liverpool as well. So, um, yeah, um, I think that's where you've got to give Gerard a bit more credit because he played in some not so good Liverpool teams compared to what Trent has played in. Yeah, I think I saw like a. There's a video somewhere on Twitter in the, in the deep echelons of Twitter, and it's like um, the 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 assists Gerard should have had but didn't, yeah. and it's I've like seen this. The video. Comp- I know yeah, exactly it's, so, it's like a six minute video, and it's like these like pingers from fifty yards, yeah. strikers one on one, and he misses it, and you're just like, oh my god, there's just yeah. so many, there's so many of them. So yeah, you've got you've got to have that in context text as well, haven't you? Um, yeah. But we, we were talking about like Trent and. I mentioned like I was twenty five this year, and I was and we were just laughing like twenty five this year. That just seems I don't know because he's been around for ages, but yeah. he, he's, he feels young. But he feels like he's been like I said around for such a long time. But I feel like twenty five 
especially if he's moving into like this newer role, I feel like I don't know. I think similar to like I think Nunes and Gakpo next year because they've got another like a year under the belt, they can kind of explode onto a different level. Yeah. I honestly think Trent can do it, do do a similar thing as well because mm-hmm. he's his maturities can can start to flourish in a in a position where you have a lot of the ball. And he knows, like Gerard's been at the club in the past and kind of dictated play from that type of role. Yeah. He can, if he can, kind of take that mantle on and and kind of run with it. I think we were, like you were mentioning, like him being seventy six off Gerard, which is which is a lot. But he's probably got another nine, ten years at Liverpool to kind of to get that back, hasn't he? Yeah, I think his contract's up in a couple of years. You know, um, he signed one recently, but it wasn't that long. And I feel like you know that is Liverpool should sort of prioritise that, make sure they get him tied down to a, yeah. as long a deal as they can get him on. Because um, he's, he's one of them players where um, you know. Oh my goodness, if he was to leave Liverpool, anyone would have him. Absolutely anyone. I don't care what people think about him defensively. Any team in Europe would take Trent Alexander-Arnold. So it's one of them players where Liverpool have to be careful over that contract. And just I'm, I hope there's a plan there in terms of what they're going to offer him for the next one. Um, because, yeah, like you said, tw- so 25 this year. The um, thing is, he doesn't rely on any sort of physicality in terms of pace or, or, or strength. So he's yeah. not one of them players where you might say, oh, once he loses the yard of pace, he won't be the same player. Yeah. He's not fast anyway, I wouldn't say. So I don't think he'll ever, he's ever, he'll, he relies on that at all. So I don't think he'll, there's any real age where you'll say, oh, he'll start to get worse now because, you know, he doesn't rely on that physicality. So he doesn't need that as such. Um, it's all about that, that, technical ability, his knowledge of the game, his, his, his ability with his ball at his feet. Um, and that's where, you know, he can probably keep playing till he's 35, like you say. And then, I mean, goodness knows how many assists he could rack up if he stayed at Liverpool for that long. I, obviously, I really hope he does. Um, and, and, and I'm sure you do too. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's mind-blowing to think what he could be in, in that time. Yeah, it's a good point actually because I think, like you said, with other players, like I think Henderson's a good example because he relied so much on stamina and energy in the yeah. game. As he got got older, a few more injuries that lessened. So you're looking at him in a different way. You're like, oh, he's not the same because he's not, and mm-hmm. that's kind of like that's the pitfalls of having like a really um, significant like um, one of your main traits is is, is that because if you lose that, and like you said, with Trent is not. He's never been strongest in the tackle. He's never been the quickest. Yeah. But what he has got is an absolute wand of a right foot, and that mm-hmm. can. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's any. I mean, there's no stats on like how much a player decreases in terms of their ability yeah. to be precise with passes. But yeah. I don't think it, it doesn't decrease in any way because I mean, this is a this is a probably a weird comparison. But when you see Gerard playing the Legends games, he's still mm-hmm. whipping the ball like forty yards with no with no. Totally. Um, with no worries. <laughs> I will will say about Gerard though, he had to change when he sort of got older and the injuries were sort of taking their toll. I think he changed as a player because he used to be unbelievably quick, unbelievably strong. I think people sort of forget that about Gerard. Physically, he could match any player he could take you on. And my God, he had a strong tackle on him. Whereas obviously when he when he sort of was in he started playing that sort of deep line role. In sort of 2013, 14, he played it really well under under Rogers, um, because he'd sort of lost that. You know, as the injuries had sort of taken their toll, he'd lost that ability to 
you know, sprint 30 yards up the pitch and make a tough tackle or break into the box. He, he, you know, he couldn't rely on his body to do that. I can't envisage Trent ever having that problem, ever having that problem where he has to change the way he plays. He can always play this way and know that, you know, physically he won't have to change in any sort of way to, to, to carry on playing that way. I think that, that bodes fairly well for him. Um, Gerard had it all really in terms of and there's not one thing Gerard couldn't do, I don't think. Whereas Trent isn't that kind of player where he's got the, 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 the pace and the strength, the finishing and things like that. But yeah, that's where I think Trent has an advantage in that he won't deteriorate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. A long way off Gerard, but if he's got like you said, if we get that new contract sorted, I imagine that's one of the th- things Klopp will wanna do before um I mean, I was going to say before he leaves, hopefully he doesn't leave, but he's going to leave at some yeah, point. Yeah. But hopefully that, that'll be on top of top of a list somewhere saying get this sorted before, yeah. before he goes. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there, Mike. Nice one, as usual, for jumping on. We continued our trend of doing shows after Liverpool won, but yeah. Liverpool are winning games, so it's just we can't do anything about that at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I think it's it, and then uh, Fulham and Brentford next week, so. Fingers yeah. crossed it carries on. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. How, we'll see how we get through Spurs. If it's a good game, we can do it. We can, we can just keep it going, and then we can just attribute the stat show to Liverpool winning games, and then yeah. like we've got to, just got to keep doing them because yeah. otherwise we, we won't we win. win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, nice one. We'll leave it there. If you're not following Mike on Twitter, then I encourage you to go and do it. Uh, it's at under at Michael underscore Reed eleven because there's always. There's always good stuff on there to get stuck into if you're if you're into your stats like like yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big nerd. Um, but yeah, nice one everyone for listening as usual. Nice one to Mike for jumping on once again. And yeah, we'll be back next week when Liverpool beat um, Spurs two 0 Nice one. <laughs> Steady. Podcast Network.